All right. I get the book today's daf is daf lamid. Page thirty. Page thirty. In the Haley Gibbs Baba Kama, we're up to the Mishnah on the second line of the daf. And we are, even though it's a brand new Mishnah, we're continuing along the theme of articles that are causing damage because they're situated in a public domain. So here we go. Somebody pours water in a public domain. He's a prankster. Thinks he's funny. And somebody comes along and gets damaged. Whoever poured the water out is going to be obligated for whatever damage took place. If somebody in a public domain puts thorns and sharp glass and hides it. See, sometimes you could say to the one who got damaged, hey, you should have looked first, buddy. But over here, the one who placed the damaging object in the Rosh Hashanah hit it. The Haggadah as Gedera where a person makes his fence next to the Rosh out of thorns. The Gadah Shavu Rosh where my fence falls into Rosh Hashanah and people get damaged. Also, Chayov bin Izkon, you are obligated in all these situations and any damage which it did cause. Okay, here we go, says the Gemara, Rav, Rav says, Lo yishonu Where do we say that when you pour water in Rabim and somebody slips, you got to pay for the damage? That's when somebody slips and their clothing got dirtied by the water. Who adds my, but the damage that happened to the guy's broken leg, Potter, you are Potter, you do not need to pay. Why? So we mentioned this for our, the other day. You ready for this? The guy who poured water could say, one second, did my water damage you? Or did my water cause you to fall and then the ground that you fell on broke your leg? I don't own the ground. I just put out water. So I'm a grumma. See, if your clothing gets dirty in my water, my water dirtied your clothing, I'm chayev. But for you yourself, the ground is what got you hurt. One second. He says, as soon as you pour out water, the water mixes with the ground. Now, think prior to pavement. Yeah, prior to pavement. And therefore, anything the water goes on should also be considered his. And it's your earth that damaged the person. So you pour out water on a, a cross earth. So now it's muddy. A guy slips on the mud. Guess what? Since your water entered the sand, it's your mud now. So why don't we say that the upper layer of earth is mom is yours, and you should be chayev because your property physically broke this guy's leg. Says Gemara, That would be true if they would have created mud, but maybe we're dealing with where the mud is, the, the water is no longer above ground, it's underground. Says the Gemara Vitarti Lamali. So now, why would I need um, two parts of the Mishnah to bring out the same halacha? One Mishnah is talking about Maisachama. Now, we learned earlier in the Masechta, in the summer months, you're not allowed to pour water out on the street because you're really creating a hazard, creating something dangerous. In the summer months, it wasn't expected for anything to be wet. But in the rainy months, I would say we're. It's mutter to put your stuff out in a public domain. 
maybe I would say that you're off the hook. So the, the, the mission letting me know that you're not off the hook, even though you did it in the winter months when it was mutter. Which means that it's a very hush of idea, and we spoke about, we touched on it this morning in the drasha. There's times where it's mutter to do something, but you're still responsible for doing it. The way that Rabbi Huda Chassid and the Chida explains what Ruvain did wrong. Yeah, but when he moved, it says he laid with Billa. What did he do? He didn't do anything wrong. Right? He didn't, according to them, he didn't even touch the bed. He just ran away from home out of covered for his mother, and then, he, and then he comes back. So over here, even though you did it with permission, and maybe he should have been, the mice, there's still a chiv. There's still a, a responsibility from any damage that comes about to Tanya, because learned in her bride. So call Elish Rabu Paiskim be by Sayyam, Agarfim, Mari Sayyam. Every time we say that you're allowed to open up your, your uh, sponge holes into the street and uh, open up your, uh, you know, the, the restroom, uh, what's it called, the, you know, the, the toilet water, and allow it to go down to the street. So in the summer, you're not allowed to do that. In the winter, you're allowed to do it. Even though you have permission to do it in the winter, you're still You're still going to be responsible to pay. Okay? Clear. Then the Mishnah said, "Amatsniyas It's a person who puts thorns or glass into a public domain and hides it. You are chayiv. This is true when the thorns or glass are sticking into the public domain. They're in the public domain. If it's attached to the guy's fence on the side of the public domain, even if it's directly on the side of the public domain, as long as it's not sticking into. You're not going to be higher for any damage that it caused. My time of putter, why? Because, very nice, you want to tell me, hey, your wall is so close to the public domain, make sure there's no thorns. The owner of the field could say back to you, hey, dude, I mean, this is my wall, and what are you doing scratching your back against my wall? This is not meant for massages on the side of the Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, the same way you want to put the onus on me for not having... Uh, barbed wire next to Shusarabim, thorns and glass. I could say the same thing to you. What are you doing, uh, scratching your back on my wall? Tone Rabbanu, the rabbis learn so should we. Amenia Kitsaisa was Huyaisa the Saich Kaiso Shachavere. If somebody um, hides thorns or glass in his friend's wall, Ubab al Kaisa was also Kaisa, the owner of the wall comes and knocks down his wall, not knowing that there's dangerous things in there. And these things fall into Shusarabim, they damage Chayav Hamatsnia. You, the one who hid the stuff in the wall is responsible, not the one who knocked down the wall. Amar explains Laishanu that is only true. If it's a weak wall, if it's a weak wall, what are you doing sticking your glass and your thorns into my weak wall that can easily fall over? You are the one who's negligent. Let's say there's a healthy wall. There's a totally healthy wall. My friend has a wall next to Shus Rabbim. I punked aside for whatever reason. I need to hide my thorns and my glass in your wall that's jutting out near the Rosh Hashanah. So then, I'm off the hook. What are you doing knocking down your healthy wall? I, it's your thorns. Granted, but you're the one who was negligent because either way, you have no right to knock down your wall into the Rosh Hashanah. So here, you have a case where both parties are wrong. The question is, who's more achroi? Who's more responsible? We say the one, who was, the one who was more negligent is the one responsible. Who's more negligent? Order the wall. Because the other guy had no reason to assume that the wall's going to fall down. He put it to a perfectly healthy wall. Okay. Says the Gemara further. Amar Ravina. Ravina says, Zotomeret is coming to teach us. If somebody uses, if somebody has a pit. And I'm like, I dug a pit. I'm going to be chayiv if anybody falls in. You know what I'm going to do? 
I am going to take my friend's uh, manhole cover and uh, cover my pit. And then the guy sees his manhole cover covering your pit. And he's like, dude, I'm taking that back. The owner of the bar, if somebody gets damaged, an animal gets damaged, can't say, hey, you took the cover off. Yeah, it was my cover. What are you doing putting it on in the first place? Yeah, and therefore the owner of the pit is going to be obligated for any damage. It's more pshita, it's obvious. No, I would have thought to say, um, that over there, the, when you put the glass and the thorns into the wall, you have no clue he's going to knock down the wall and even cause a problem. But over here, the Yadale, where the owner of the, of the cover knows that by removing the cover, you're leaving a pit. So I would put more of the onus on him. You should have let him know, hey, dude, it's your achrayas to, uh, to keep your pit covered. And you can't just take it. You'd have to take it and let the guy know that you didn't. Come on, Shalom. Then Ravina lets us know that you don't need to do that. Meaning like this. I dig a pit in the public domain. Any damage comes that way, I'm going to be responsible for. So I go and I take Matis' cover. And I put it on top of my pit. No permission. You come along, you see your cover. You're like, what in the world? You take your cover back. Are you responsible to tell me? If somebody gets hurt, can I come to you now and be like, oh, took your lid back. you should at least let me know. Says Ravina, no. It would have been a nice thing. But it doesn't put the financial and negligence responsibility on you. You have a right to take back your lid. Ah, you didn't tell me? Fine, you didn't tell me you're taking it. I'm not telling you I'm taking it back. And therefore the owner is the one, the, the one who dug the pit is the one who's going to be responsible. Tanarabanan, the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Chasidim are The Chasidim from the earlier generations. They would hide anything that could cause damage, such as glass and thorns in the middle of their fields. How would they hide it? They would dig a hole underground at least three tfachim deep. They would make sure it's at least three tfachim deep. This way, it won't get in the way of the plow, which means any plowing that would take place would never be go deep enough to pick these things up. Plows always stayed less than three tvachim uh, within the ground, and therefore they made sure that anything that caused da- uh, damage was permanently away until they dug it up. Rav Sheshes would take anything that was dangerous and throw them into a fire this way they would just be permanently gone Rava Rava would throw them into the Diglas river if a person wants to be a chassid and be pious in his financial relations with other people he should make sure to keep all of the halachas of Baba Kama, Baba Metziah, and Baba Basha. You want to be a chassid, you know the best place to start? Financial honesty. And make sure that you're not somebody who's causing damage to people. Rav Amar Rav says, Mili Da'avis. You should make sure to live a life focused on the teachings of Pirkei Avos. Also a Gans Fina idea. Yeah, a good idea. Ramilah, Mili Da'brachas. And some say it's referring to the halachas of brachas. Why brachas? Because brachas we know, allows something which prior to the bracha I'm not supposed to eat, after the bracha is permitted to eat. So what bracha does is it brings blessing to the world and it makes, it, it ensures that whatever I'm eating is being done in a, uh, in a permitted way. Okay.
Meaning, halavai by any of us, we should be developing our traits with any one <laughs> of these three paths, if, if, uh, if not for all three. Okay, beautiful. Next Mishnah. I lay out my straw and my grain um, and um, uh, all sorts of things that are, I, I use it to cover over uh, manure. Okay. Why? Because excrement could be used to fertilize things and the way that they would you make turn into fertilizer is they would dry it out, dry out the excrement with these things, with the grain, with the straw, and that created a, a, a healthier mulch, we'll call it, or something of that sort. Somebody comes along and gets damaged by it. Whoever laid it out is obligated to pay for damages. And whoever comes first is permitted to take it. Why? Because you have no right to put it out into a public domain where it could cause damage. And before it does cause damage, if I'm walking by, I could even pick it up and take it, and you can't be running, that yeah, was my thing, I laid out, yeah, but it's causing damage. And if you find something that damages in a public domain, Hevra, and it's dangerous, it could cause damage to somebody there, you could just go take it. It's yours. The guy had no right to put it there. Anybody who puts issues that could cause damage, anything, any sort of kilkel, any sort of damage, puts it into a public domain, and it does damage, Chayav l'shalim, you're obligated to pay. You laid it out there, that's the rule. You, you're allowed to pay. And people could just go and, and take it. But it's mine. No, too bad. You're using it in a dangerous fashion. Now it's mine. Somebody turns over the gullo, the excrement in a public domain. Somebody else gets damaged. Chayav b'nizkoy. One who turns it over is obligated to pay. Now we learned, obviously he made a kinyan on it. There's times where you're not going to have to pay. That's the sugi we had the other day. Um, but if you, somebody, you know, somebody's dog, somebody's animal um, relieved itself in a public domain, and so the owner of the animal is responsible for damages. But then I take it, move it, now I'm the one who's shouldering the responsibility. Says, Let's see, our mission not found the pin of Rebuta, time learned to buy Rebuta, and Rebuta says, When it's normal for people, when it's usual for people to lay out. Zevel excrement in their fields to be used as fertilizer. Then other mighty ziv Passersby, travelers are obligated to expect that to be on the roads. And if you put it on the Rishusarabim, you're off the hook. And you can leave it out there for 30 days. That'll be trampled on by people uh, walking by. And that was a, a regular way. It was usually turned into fertilizer. Because, this is incredible, with this condition, Yeshua took over Eretz Yisrael. When Yeshua took over Eretz Yisrael, it was with an explanation and understanding that you could do certain things, you're going to be there for each other. I want to explain. This is, we do this nowadays, by the way. We do this nowadays. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you one. For a while, those... Apartments that they're building next to Schnucks. The corner of Delmar and that Schnucks alley. Right? Shut down that corner. Right? It's a little annoying. You got to drive all the way around, take the highway till it do, and uh, go, go around. And then sometimes you're stuck in traffic over there. Let me ask you a question. What right does some guy decides he wants to build an apartment? Punk. Now the rest of us need to be, need to be driving in circles and, and wasting uh, 
uh, hours of our life every time we want to go to the supermarket because you want to build a building, I have to be... Uh, the answer is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's part of living in a society. Exactly. When there's a funeral going by, why, do we, why am I going to go to the side? That's part of living within a society. There's certain times where we are permitted to inconvenience others because that's the normal way of living. People need to build apartments, people need to build houses, people need to build things. And yeah, if, if it means shutting down the road because somebody needs to chop down their tree and one lane needs to be closed, we understand that. We don't even get bothered by it because we understand that the same thing would happen by my house if there was a dangerous tree, a tree that was dying and branches are coming off and needs to be cut down. People have to go around the block. Kacha, that's the way it is. Silver says the Brisa, Lafishita Shabihuda. Buddha says, during the season where it's normal to lay out fertilizer, if somebody does leave it in Rosh Rabbim, you're actually not chayef. If somebody else chips and damages, that's part of living in a society. That's the expectation. You could expect it to be there. Our Mishnah says you're going to be chayef. Rebuta says you're not. What's the pshat? How does Rebuta doesn't fit with our Mishnah? Says more field team. Rebuta, Rebuta could fit with our Mishnah. Might Rebuta, Rebuta will admit shem hizik mishalni mashe hizik. That if it damages, if it does damage, you're going to have to pay for what you're damaging. Which means like this: Rebuta says you're allowed to lay it in the public domain. But if you do, you're chayev, like we said before. Okay. Says the Gemara, Batran, but we learned in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yudah and Rabbi Yudah says, B'ner Chanukah Potter, Gewalt. When it comes to Ner if somebody leaves it on the street, and somebody else walks by, and it causes a fire damage, you are Potter, because everybody has permission to leave their Chanukah Neris right outside their homes, which is expected. You have rights to believe it there. My love, Mishum Rishos Bezin. Isn't it because you have permission of the Bezin? So when you have permission of Bezdin to leave it out there, that's when you're putter. But, um, I'm sorry, you have permission of Bezin, you're going to be putter. So over here too, if Bezin's giving people permission to lay it out, how can you tell me if Yudah says, oh, you could lay it out, but you're chayev if it happens, why should it be any different than Hanukkah candles? These are Hanukkah candles, you do, if they damage, you're off the hook. It's because there you have permission to perform a mitzvah. We need to perform a mitzvah. But in general, sometimes the best will give you rights to lay it out there. But if it's not for the sake of a mitzvah, you're still going to be financially responsible if any damage happens. Now, how do I know there's a difference if you have permission to do it in the way of a mitzvah or you have permission to do it in a way of just drying your stuff out or creating manure? How do I know that's enough kamina? The Tani, we learned in a brisa. If, if your nearest Hanukkah right outside your, your homes. Now, many of us in America light inside our homes by the window. But in Eretz Yisrael, and there are even people here, they make sure to light the Hanukkah on the, on the um, right side of the door as you exit the house. They put their candles right there. So somebody's uh, uh, package is walking by on, on the camel and it catches fire. The reason why you're put there is because you were involved in a mitzvah. Okay. Now, let's take a step back. According to what we're saying, Rabbi Yehuda will agree with our Mishnah that unless you're doing a mitzvah, if you have permission, even when you have permission to put something in a public domain, you are going to be chayef. You have permission to put it there. Yeshua inherited the land and created certain things for society and conveniences that we, you know, needs that each other have. But um, he, he'll still say you're going to be chayef. 
Says the Gemara, Toshma. Come and listen. Call Elu Shamrum Mutaram the Kakabashus Rabim any time the Chum say you have a right to put something that could damage in a public domain. You're still going to be obligated to pay if it does damage. You can put it there, but that's your risk. The Buddha says, you're off the hook. Whoa, 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 whoa. You see very clearly, the Buddha says, you're not going to be chayav whenever you have permission. And we're saying, the Buddha says, you're chayav whenever you do have permission. Make up your mind. I'll tell you the difference. Rabbi Yehuda said, you're off the hook when it's the season to lay out and create fertilizer. That's when you're off the hook. And where does he say you're not off the hook and you're going to, have, you're going to be chayav? That's when you put it out in a different season. Rabbi Yehuda, he, and this is the Mamish of Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Ashi, Amar, Rabbi Ashi says, now turn to the top of Lamed Amar Beis, Tavnoi Bekashoi Tanan Mishum De Sharki. That we're dealing with straw that's already done, it's already completed, it's dried up, it's ready to be used. The Mesarki, Rashi says, Machlikin, it's very smooth. When things are smooth, so it's easier to slip on and even people to get uh, damaged. So where does Rabbi Yehuda say, it's mutter, you're not going to be obligated when you lay something out in a public domain. That's when you're dealing with manure, you're dealing with fertilizer and things of that sort. But if somebody laid out dry straw in a public domain where it's already smooth, it's already slippery, that rebuter will say, you, you're certainly going to be chayev. You're going to be obligated for any damage that it caused. Okay, two dots, top line. If you put something dangerous in a public domain and I come by, I can just take it. I get in dug, it's mine, see it. You had no right to put it there. I'm moving the hazard. I move it out of the way or I take it? It's huh? I move it out of the way so it's not a danger anymore? You can take it. Take it. First to take it. There's a chuvan igris maisha. There's a chuvan igris maisha that Ramaisha Feinstein wrote to my father. Basically, my father asked the Mashaila when he was when he confiscates things from Bachram, confiscates things from Bachram, what to do with it? Because there was a, I think there was, this, this specific Shaila came up where there was a, a Bachar who had an a inappropriate book that he took out of the library. And my father wanted to know what, he, what he's supposed to do with it. And... Basically, Rav Meisha told him he's not allowed to give it back to the library because then he's being nechshal other people. Damaging other people. Um, now, you might need to pay for it. You might need to pay for the book or the bachar has to pay for the book because he put it. But it, it takes on the halacha. Even, you know, we're dealing with Hezek B'Shosh Arabim. Damaging doesn't have to be uh, something on the ground. It could be that you're damaging people uh, you know, B'Derech Ruchni also. It's times you take something away and you, you keep it. You, you, if it's causing damage, you keep it. Cause damage, you keep it. Okay, so here we go. Let's see the next piece of Gemara. Come on in. Oh, we learn in there. Be coming for your Svarim or whatever you want. Okay. Says says, Both the, uh, you acquire everything, both the object itself and the Shvach and the improvements. So Ziram as Yiri says, Bishivchan, you inquire the you inquire the gains, you acquire the improvements. Abalay begufan, but you don't acquire the material itself. So somebody goes and puts a a uh, somebody puts a hazard into a public domain. Other people come trip on it. Says the Mishnah, I have every right to go ahead, pick that up, and just take it. You had no right to put it there in the first place by you putting it down in a public domain where you could cause people damage. 
that makes it hefker. That makes it ownerless. And somebody else is mutter to come along and take it. Now, Zihiri says that's not referring to the actual, uh, it's not referring to the actual uh, um, uh, materials of it. What source of Machlekes? Rab Samar Rab says, We knas the thing itself, the hazard itself, because of any improvement that was out there. Zihiri Rab says, why can't you go from Mishum Shifam? We don't knas it. Tanam, we learned to the Mishnah. Somebody goes ahead and somebody lays out excrement in a public domain and now it goes and it gets turned over. Um, so he's making a kidney on it. He's making acquisition. Somebody else gets damaged. The one who moved it over is obligated and is damaged. It doesn't say whoever comes first could take it. Why do we leave that out? Fascinating point. Listen to this. It's Gavaldi. You put a hazard in a public domain. Yeah? Gail, you got this? You put a hazard in the public domain. I, instead of taking the hazard and making it not hazardous, move it to a different spot in the public domain. So it's your thing that I moved. What's the halacha? I'm responsible. Because the area, the, 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 the space that it caused damage was a space that I put it into. Since I created that space, I'm the one, I'm the one responsible. Okay. Why does they call Kodim Says Gemara, Tana the ratio of what in the Seifa, it does apply. It, it's it's self implied that Kol Kaidim Zachayv Atani Allah Asur Mishum Gezel, but that Brisa specifically says it's going to be Asur because of Gezel because of uh, because of robbery. You're not allowed to take it. You see, you're not allowed to take it. Says Gemara, Kikatani Asur Mishum Gezel Akula Masdisin Kai. Where do we say it's Asur because of Gezel? That's going on the entire Mishnah. Lo Isay Shekadam Vezacha is referring to the one who took it, acquired it, and, and then. Uh, put it down, so there we say it's usher to take the straw and and the manure from the one who put it there first. I have like a tani, the Bible doesn't say this, the time we learned in the Mishnah, somebody puts straw and uh, fertilizer to do a public domain, somebody else, somebody else gets damaged by it, whoever takes it first, acquires it, and it's not considered stealing at all, it's mamish yours. Somebody who takes acquisition and turns over the public domain, and somebody else gets damaged. The one who turns it over is obligated. And you're not allowed to take it. So it seems to be a contradiction. Rav before said that there's no difference between straw and fertilizer. And here we see there is. That's a contradiction when it comes to the when it comes to the excrement. That's something that could be improved, something that has gains. There, we will give a penalty. We will knas the actual thing itself because you you're doing it there to to improve it and get a financial gain. When something's laid out, and there's no financial gain from it. Like Kansu, there is no knas. And, so there, and since the since the since the uh, excrement has no, has no improvement coming its way, there's not going to be any sort of, of responsibility. Okay. Says the Gemara, a new shayla, a new question. According to Rav, who says that we will knas the object itself because you put it out there for improvements, the outer casino, do we give a knas right away? Or is it after the improvement has been there? Tashma. Since we're mentioning the Gawal case itself, Gawal itself is not something that improves. And Mamela, therefore, the, the assumption is that um, it's only, uh, it applies something even when it's never going to have an improvement. And if it's going to apply something that never has an improvement, Kavachaymer, how much more so would apply to something that can improve? Says the Gemara, there's no Raya from that, but Tisbara, 
That's not logical. Ki Ari Rangolo. What are we talking about? The case of Golo Makami Glashi. The Rav Nachman. The boss of the son of Rav Nachman. But maybe once Rav Nachman gave an answer, Meikal a member Golo Klal. Maybe we wouldn't have asked that question at all. Bottom line is, we have no raya. We have no proof. So we still have our question, which remains in place, and that is, if you hold like Rav, who says that we add the knas to things that will, uh, the uh, things that will be improved, is it? Before the improvement or after the improvement, and that we don't have a straight answer to. Okay, says the Gemara. Perhaps Let's say that this question could possibly be answered by a uh, by a machlokes tanoi. Here we go. Me and you have an agreement, a loan agreement, and in the agreement I sign, I'm going to pay you back with interest. We fine. The lender, the ribbis. I we write a document. I'm lending you a hundred bucks. You have to pay me back a hundred and ten bucks in a month. One tana holds. If you go to Besdin and say, oh, "You didn't pay me back," you didn't pay me back hundred ten. Besdin's going to say, "Well, now he's going to pay you back. Not only does he not need to pay you back the extra ten, he doesn't need to pay your first hundred. What are you doing writing ribbis into a document? Divir Rabbi Meir. This is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. Okay? You can't collect anything. Fine. You could collect the amount that was actually lent. Obviously, you cannot collect the interest. That we cannot even the principal amount, the original, the thing itself before improvement. Says that we don't deal with the thing itself prior to improvement. Omar Lach Rav, Rav's going to say, I know the Amri Afil Rabban, I say it according to Rabban, I can't become Rabban Hassam, Ella Karen Shebe Hitiza. Where do the Rabbanon say? Where do the Rabbanon say that you need to pay back the main amount, but you don't need to pay back the, the ribbis? That is talking about. Because the original $100 was permitted to collect. I lent you 100 bucks. It's completely mutter to collect that. Okay? If even, no, if, even if we had a, a, a verbal agreement. That I'm lending you 100 you pay me back 110 I can always take back the, the initial 100 But by somebody who puts a, a damaging object into a public domain. Karen Gufa Kamazik. The thing itself is causing damage. Everybody would agree that you could just take it. Say that you lose the principal amount by a loan. That's because the whole document in and of itself was an issue. But when you put out something dangerous to a public domain, you don't know if it's going to cause damage. If I write into a document that I'm lending you with interest, so there's interest built into the entire thing. But if I lay something hazardous in the public domain, do I know it's going to damage? No, it's just potential for damage. Potential... Lafie, Vince Lombardi means you ain't done nothing yet. And therefore, the straw hasn't done anything yet. It hasn't actually damaged, so maybe I shouldn't knast that initial amount. Bottom line is, the machlekes between Rav Meir and the Rabbonon is not necessarily the uh, um, uh, approving Rav's Eri. Okay. So, let's try again. Lema Kahani Tanai. Maybe the Machlokes in Rav and Ziri, the early Amiran, is the Machlokes 
is Machlekes Tanoim from the following Brisa. Hamaiti Tavnoi Vikashoi Lershus Harabim Lizvalum. Somebody puts his grain and straw into a public domain to turn into fertilizer. Somebody gets damaged, Chayv Niski, Rabbi get to pay for damages, the one who laid it out there. Whoever takes it can keep it. Vasur Mishum Gezel. I'm sorry. Whoever takes it, Vasur Mishum Gezel, and it's Usur because of Gezel. It's considered stealing. Does that make any sense? No, because you just said you could take it, then you say, but it's Usur because of stealing. So we'll explain shortly. Anytime you put something dangerous into a public domain that can cause damage, if it does cause damage, you're obligated to pay. Anybody who takes it and keep it in Mutarim, but we there's no problem of stealing. Says Gemara, okay, fine. Let's go back to what we said before, which was a walking, talking contradiction. First, we said, whoever takes it could keep it. We said, you can keep it, but you're stealing. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Rather, what it means like this. What it means like this. Whoever comes to take it acquires the shvach. You could take whatever it was laid out there for the actual improvements. But what you're not allowed to take is the actual thing itself. So it means like this. If I lay out straw in a public domain, because I want to turn it into fertilizer. You come along and take it. it says the Gemara like this. See, you're obligated to move it. You're going to have to pay me back the original amount. But the improvements, since I had no right to lay it out there for it to improve, that you're allowed to take. Because that's what was caused in the Rosh Hashanah. The improvements came about in a forbidden way. The main thing, the principal amount, didn't come about in a forbidden way. Just the improvements. So whatever came about in the forbidden way, that's what's also for me to take. So listen, But according to Rav, Rav could say, that we always canas the thing itself because, of, because we're canasing the improvements. Come up again. Here we're just arguing about whether this is the Psaq Allah. In other words, maybe Rav will say, everybody agrees with me, that usually even the principal amount is called ownerless. But the question is uh, how to go about um, uh, publicizing this, uh, publicizing this halacha. Did Mark, because we learned, there's times where there's halacha, but we don't publicly rule in that way. It's not true. Um, would make barley ownerless. What does that mean? Somebody put barley into a public domain and caused damage? He says, yeah, completely ownerless. also made hefker top of tomorrow's daf. Sliksua, crushed dates. Bishlam is also dangerous. People could slip on it. Bishlam of Adabarava, Kishmaitse, El Ravuna, Lema Hadabe, maybe Ravuna backed out. Says Gemara, Hanu, Mutar, and Havi. These people had been mutter, they had been warned. Not to do it before, and therefore we we knast uh, them and we treated them in a much stronger fashion. We'll hold it here for today, Bezem, tomorrow, nine thirty a.m. on Sunday. We will pick up from the Mishnah Daflamid Aleph. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.